the optimal life. This is it weird. I'm just hearing myself. I know when you hear your voice for the first time, it's like, is that really me? Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. How's life? It's going. Yeah, it's yeah. busy. It's good. And uh, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so that's yeah. why why you reached out and why we you know connected up for this thing. And I'm really grateful that you're coming on to share. Um, uh, and you know, you're I'm, I'm trying to follow you on Instagram. I can't keep up with you. You've got all these things, everything going on. Mother, motherhood, you yeah. know, uh, your own social life, health, wellness. You're doing a lot of different things. So what's going on with, with the Arbonne? Let's start with that first. Oh, the Arbonne. Um, that was kind of my journey into the health and wellness. Um, I, I just came across Olivia Stone. I'm sure like everybody knows her. She's all over the place. Um, and it was the physics that, you know, she kept posting these like energy fizz and that's what made me reach out to her. And, um, then I started just really researching Arbonne, like the line, um, you know, and it just really went along with what I was looking for, like a clean line, something that was healthy, um, no chemicals, vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, wow. that kind of thing. Yeah. So. So fizz sticks is what, what exactly is? <laughs> that reminds me of like those candies that we used to get when we were little oh, kids. The, those long. The Pez. No, no, what are those long straws? You know, you rip off the end; it's all sugar coming down. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Like a opposite, opposite. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, stick, they're just um, it's like a packet of powder that um, it's all B vitamins. Um, it's clean energy. It's uh, caffeine from guarana and green tea. So um, it's a good pick me up. Doesn't give you the type of crash. Um, that you're doing, some other it, you're doing this do. every day. Every day. How many times? Every day. I mean, this is my second drink. one you got today. This watermelon drink. This thing looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is refreshing. So you'll have to try those. Yeah, for sure. For and you've got a bunch of different flavors. I take it. Um, we have like seasonal flavors right now. I'm drinking a watermelon one. Yeah, um, strawberry, uh, citrus, and pomegranate right now are our main ones. So but. you just reached out to Olivia and said, "Hey, I want to get involved." How does that work? So actually, um, when I was first watching her, I unfollowed her because I was annoyed with seeing her post these fizz sticks all the time. And then when I started thinking about... <laughs> it's actually no. pretty funny. Actually I know. Awesome. I wonder how many people think that yeah. about me. Like, yeah. you know what? Like, all right, done. <laughs> you're, sitting, you're like sitting there like, why did I lose five followers uh, uh, this past week? Oh, the fizz I don't, You know, I don't, even, I don't even pay attention anymore because it's just like, you know people who are interested are gonna um you know reach out or they're going to oh, watch it and if they don't then, then let, let them know, go do something me. else yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not that serious people take social media some people take it so damn seriously right yeah and that it consumes them it becomes their whole life they're worried about That's the true. likes the followers the friends what are people saying what are they commenting yeah and at the end of the day it's whether exhausting. you got a million likes or whether you got 10 does anyone know does it change your life at all no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird how we're programmed to mm-hmm. go that way, though. Yeah, it really is exhausting, too. I mean, I used to look at some of my friends that, you know, were like Instagram influencers. And, you know, a part of me wanted to kind of be that. And then then when I started, you know, doing it and, like, promoting things on Instagram, it's just, like, it's tiring, you know? And, and you watch, like, people get really... Um, 
you know, hurt by things that are said or, you know, they, they find their value in that. And mm. so it's hard. It's it really becomes hard. like a self-identity. Yeah. And, and you really can't win. No. The only way you can go is down. Because yeah. you can get, right, you can get all the love in the world, but then if you feel like you're not getting, then you, then you start comparing yourself to people that are at that level and then at that level. So it's a, it's a never-ending game. Yeah, it really is. At least but, that's the way it would seem to me. Yeah, and I mean, you just got to keep your focus on, you know, what is your point of being on there? What is it that you want to put out? And, you know, at first I was nervous about things that I was putting out on there. And I was like, you know, what are people going to think of me? And I was just like, I honestly don't care, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I just, I, if I can help one person um, find health, like that's my goal. That's what I want to do. If I can make one person smile every day, that makes me happy. Absolutely. And so that's so much healthier too. Yeah. And it's like just, being happy with the social media stuff. Did you watch The Social Dilemma no. on Netflix? No. Oh, you got to watch it. Okay. I keep hearing it, about it too. Because it, it goes to show you we aren't in control. These computer algorithms know us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. And what happens is is that the algorithm will start getting a sense of what you've been doing on there. And if you're like, let's say for some reason you've been slacking on your uh, health and wellness uh, feed you're not you're not liking as many health and wealth but they know that you like it they're gonna throw they're gonna throw it back in your face or or even on a more vicious scale let's say that they know that you don't like a certain political candidate they're gonna all of a sudden like oh Tony needs to, to uh, see a, a picture of Trump or Biden so we're gonna throw this in her face right now yeah that's funny and, and then it will sh- and then you'll click and then it will start taking you down this path to where they want to get you. It's yeah. so crazy. You got to yeah. watch it. It's insane. Oh, that you it's know insane. what? It, I do have to watch it because I noticed that too. You know, I've started to kind of figure out the algorithm and like, you know, when to post something certain time and um, yeah, it's crazy how they know so much. It's scary. It, it is. Wait, wait till you see it. It's like holy shit. Yeah. We're we're screwed. Especially the kids coming up now. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have their own thought process. Yeah. They're not going to be independent thinkers. The computers are going to make them, they're going to think that they always have been, but they're not going to realize that they've been manipulated from the age of 10, 12, 15 years old into their adult lives. And they're going to think that it was always themselves without even realizing. If we don't get some kind of reform with the social media stuff, it's, it's going to be... Crazy. I agree. What happens in the next ten? So I don't let my kids do it. Like good for you. Like my little one, Nathan. No, he doesn't. He's not allowed to be on there. Like I'll post some stuff, but I don't even sometimes like posting him on mine. Right. You know because you don't know who's out there. Yeah. There's a lot of creeps everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, the, the sex trafficking, human trafficking, pedophilia. I mean, I've never seen something so insanely rampant, and nobody talks about it. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's scary. Yeah. Uh, anyways, see, I told you, we, we talk about anything and every, you're like, how much she's like, what are we going to talk about? Uh, let's talk about something more positive though. This weekend you're hosting an event? Yeah. So, so what is, what is going on? So, um, this Saturday, a couple of my girlfriends and I, so Olivia, my girlfriend, Angela, um, we just started talking a couple weeks ago about, um, having a little like health and wellness event, um, just to invite people to really, um, you know, promote and focus on being healthy. I mean, as, as simple as that is. Um, and then um, somehow it rolled into 
town hall sponsoring us and then um, we're like let's make this into a fundraiser like a breast cancer fundraiser that's something that's you know special for me um so we just got so many incredible vendors and um raffle prizes and it just got bigger and bigger like as the past couple weeks went on um so it's gonna be a really fun event we have it's open to everyone okay um we have a dj we have uh mixed by Mastro coming to DJ for us so it's going to be like a party upstairs nice um so we're going to have like healthy events and then we decided we wanted to just invite like local businesses to promote um their business and um just kind of get the word out there so so it's just a social it's a social event right a charity yeah. event kind of thing yeah yeah just like uh, a social what, and it's at this Saturday the 24th the 24th, October 24th. Mm-hmm. what time 2.30 to 5. Oh, okay. Um, so it's on the cafe side. Um, it's free for anyone to attend. We're going to have vendors in the downstairs on the cafe side. And then um, the upstairs is where we're going to host, like, the DJ. There's going to be, Town Hall's going to um, provide, like, new fall drinks, cocktails. Um, Rebel is going to be providing uh, catering, so some Fantastic. tastings. And there's going to be shopping upstairs. So um, that's going to be a $15 donation. Okay. And people can get their tickets. And what charity is it going to? It's going to the gathering place. So this is a, a charity that is going to support cancer patients um, and their families. So they provide services like yoga classes, uh, massage, uh, meals, um, financial counseling. They do so much for the cancer patients, survivors, and their families. I assume this is a charity that you've been familiar with in your own personal life. I actually was approached when I first was diagnosed, and um, I just, I never used it, you know. Mm. I thought it was a great thing, but it just wasn't something that I needed to um, tap into, and I wanted to save those resources for people who needed it, so. So when were you first diagnosed? Uh, So I actually had to look this up because this is the first time I'm ever talking about it and putting it out there publicly. Um, It was 2017 that I was diagnosed, and... um, I found it myself, you know, and I had no clue that, you know, I I would ever have something like this because it doesn't run in my family. Right, and you're this young, vibrant, healthy woman, um, you know, active, you you eat healthy, you're physically fit, all these different things, right? This is... I am now. I wasn't then. Okay. You know, um, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was healthy. And people looked at me and just, you know, because I'm thinner or whatever, people thought, um, you know, she's like healthy and going to the gym. And and I wasn't, Mm. you know, I wasn't healthy. And I really didn't realize that um, I was so unhealthy, not just um, physically, but uh, emotionally and spiritually as well, you know, and all that ties into it. So how did you find this out what 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 take us through it what happened okay so i um i decided in 2000 i think it was like 15 to have a breast augmentation um not really an augmentation but i had implants Hmm. and then um i did a fitness competition um and just started getting into the fitness world this is where i wanted to start getting healthy um so after my fitness competition I had and my implant kind of slipped a little bit because I, I didn't listen to doctor's orders and I started working out sooner than I should have. Um, so I went in for a revision um, the following year and when I was healing from that, I was like massaging scars like you know 
doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I felt this lump in the um, bottom side of my right breast. And so um, I wasn't concerned about it. I brought it up to my plastic surgeon. Um, We thought maybe it was scar tissue just because this was my second surgery. And we kept an eye on it for a little bit. And then I felt it getting bigger. And then I felt a second one like on the side by my armpit. How much how much longer after the first one did you feel the second one? Uh, probably a couple months. Okay. You know, and then... Um, and then you're going, uh-oh. Is it- I, I wasn't even concerned. Really? Yeah, I wasn't concerned because, because I thought it was just scar tissue. And um, because I didn't have any family history. I just, I, you know... And you I have the implants, the augmentation. Maybe, maybe you're thinking there's something to it with that as well, right? Yeah, right. Because if you didn't have that, maybe would you think you might have been a little more concerned? Probably, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I scheduled with the with my plastic surgeon for um, we were just going to remove it and do a biopsy of it. Um, so I remember that day very well. I went in for um, like an in office procedure. Um, I was awake for it, and I just remember, I just remember it being so terrible. Like I was sweating. It was really hard for him to find it. It kept moving, and um, when he removed it, he removed the one on the bottom, mm-hmm. and I was just done at that point. He's like, "Do you want me to get the other one?" I was like, "Nope." I was like, "Let's see what this one is, and then you know, if we gotta worry about the other one, then then we'll go back in and get it." But. Um, so he I only removed it. one. He only removed the one lump. Yeah, and we thought. I mean, we looked at it, and we just thought it was, you know, s- scar tissue. So the naked know. eye, even the doctor wouldn't be able to necessarily tell what it is. Cor- at yeah. The beginning. Okay. Yeah, no. So what happens? They go and they test it over the next couple um, of days. Or? So yeah, he sent it in, and um, you know, I was supposed to go back in like a week or two for a post op, and I was healing nicely, and I felt normal, so I missed my appointment. And I remember I was in Pittsburgh um, about to walk into an office and do a presentation, and um, the doctor called me. And I could tell in his voice, he just sounded really concerned. He said, Tony, you never showed up for your post-op. And I was like, yeah, well, everything's fine. You know, stitches are good. Like, everything's good. And just the silence, like, I knew something. (laughs) So he, he broke the news to me. He was like, it came back, and um, it's breast cancer. And so it was a, what, what was it, a tumor? Is that what technically what it would have been? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, I, I couldn't, I can't even recall the conversation. You know, I just remember him saying, it's it's cancer, and don't worry, I set you up with the best surgeon. You, They're going to call you. Like, we need to get this taken care of because this is very serious. So you hang up the phone. I and hang up wh- the phone. What's the what's the feeling? Um, I had I had one of my coworkers with me, and I told her what was going on, and she was more upset than I was. I was just like, "Well, let's go in and do this uh, do this um, presentation," and she's like, "No, we need to cancel it." And I said, "No, we're going to go in and do this presentation, and then I'll deal with it, you know, afterwards." Um, so after, I mean, I guess I was in such shock. And I didn't want to tell anyone. I just needed time to, like, think about it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I went home. And um, at the time, I, I told my husband, you know. And I think just everyone was in shock, too. Like, this wasn't something that you plan on happening. And you don't even know how to deal with it. Sure, sure. So so that what happens over the coming 
uh, weeks and months. Are you going back for more operations? What, what's so? Yeah, I. Um you know, the surgeon contacted me. I go in. Um, everything happened so fast. Like, you go in um, for your appointment, and, you know, they do a mammogram. They did a, a core biopsy right then and there. Like, there's no warning. You can't come back for it. It's, we're doing this today. So um, they took me into um, into a room, and they put this big needle because they wanted to test the, the lump that was still in there. Um, so they tested it and I come back, um, like two days later for the results and they actually misdiagnosed, they said, cause it was in the lymph nodes. Okay. So, um, they said that it was in the lymph nodes, but non-cancerous. And then, so I was really confused. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like it's in my lymph nodes, but it's not cancerous. Like what is this? Um, and then they called me back again. So I went in for another appointment and that's when they said like, this is very serious. You have a very aggressive type of breast cancer. Um, you know, at the time it was stage three, grade three, um, and then the staging changed, you know, over time. So um, it just everything happened so quickly. What are, sta- what, what are the stage, how many stages are there? I think there's four of them. And a stage yeah. Three, like, like the the higher the number, the worse it gets. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Okay. Um, and it's crazy because. And you didn't feel shitty at all, did you? I didn't feel sick at all. No. Right, right. But I will tell you this, and and I think about this all the time. Um, before this even happened, I knew that I was going to get cancer. Like I almost had like a premonition, but I thought it was going to be ovarian cancer. And I don't know why, I don't know what put that in my head, but like, I think that's why I wasn't so surprised when they told me this. I was like, oh, okay, I knew this was coming, but I just thought it was going to be in a different area. When did you start thinking that? Um, that was probably four or five months before I got that, diagnosed. Really? Yeah, because I just had a lot of stuff going on in my life, like a lot of stress. Um, and do you believe that that ha- plays a factor in one thousand percent? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, one thousand percent. Just you know, me eating unhealthy, um, all the chemicals that I was putting on my body for all these years, um, the stress that I was under from relationship issues, and just everything. Everything I think finally just came to a head. You know, wow. and it manifested as cancer. So it manifests as breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You're in there for after a couple of these uh, operations, and they're telling you like this is really serious. At some point, they give you some really grave news, don't they? Something about like how much longer you have to live. Yeah, she. Um, how how when is this? How many weeks after you find out, or how many months? So this was like maybe two or three weeks after I found out. Like you know, I needed just some time to think about it, and. Um, you know, the doctors called me back in. They were really pressuring me to make a decision on um, the treatment. So they wanted to treat me with, um, they wanted to hit it with um, chemotherapy and radiation and then um, and a surgery. Um, so they wanted to try to shrink the tumors and then, um, then they wanted to um, do a surgery to remove what was left. 
and then chemo again afterwards if it needed to be done. And that was three weeks after you find out, they're like, all right, here's what your options are. Here's what we suggest you do. And you're resisting to that. Yeah, it wasn't really a suggestion. They were like really pressuring me to do it. They said, if you don't do this, what what, what are they saying? About three months. You have 90 days left to live. About three months, yeah. Wow. That it was very aggressive and it was moving quickly. So, so why, what, 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 why were you against their advice? At first I wasn't, you know, I've, I grew up in the medical field, so I always, you know, trusted doctors and, um, trusted what I was told and I really didn't do my research. So I decided something just didn't sit right with me. You know, at first I was going to do it and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't know. I don't know that I want to jump into this. So I want to think about it. Um, so I just started doing a lot of research, a lot of research on, you know, what would be my um, prognosis if I didn't do it? What would happen if, um, you know, I did do it? Like how much time would I have or, you know, quality of life, that kind of thing, if I decided to do the, the treatment that they were um, suggesting? Because don't for anyone that doesn't understand, radiation and chemotherapy is poison it's brutal yeah i mean it is it is it could strip you of everything right i mean yeah. my aunt's a, a breast cancer survivor she came on here last year actually for this we did, a, we did that, a yeah. episode yeah. and she went through it all you, if you heard it it was yeah. intense she yeah. did it all but everyone has a different take yeah so you decided i mean is, are you soul searching are you talking to god are you talking to family yeah how do you come up with the decision i'm not going to do this i just decided i mean i i I didn't really, I prayed about it, but I didn't really talk to anyone about it. I didn't really care about anyone's opinion. I just said, I'm not going to do it. I'd rather have quality of life to spend with my kids than um, to be sick and go through that. And a lot of people um, end up getting um, the cancer back again after they do chemo mm -hmm. um, because it, it wreaks havoc on your entire body. Yeah. So I said, you know, this is how I want to treat it. I want to change my life. I want to do everything as naturally as possible. And then, you know, if if it comes back, then I might think about doing the chemo. Um, even, that's just so amazing to me because even with the potential reality that you may only have several months left to live, you still were that sure about your decision which is incredible yeah, a thousand percent and i didn't give it any energy i wouldn't even let people like say the word like i didn't think about it um i didn't research anything like people's stories about them getting sick like i i wanted nothing to do with that I just, so what like, did you do instead what did you do to get to, to instead of taking I changed the everything i changed my diet i went strict keto so i did um keto for a year and then I did research, you know, one of the components of the chemo they wanted to offer me was called Herceptin. So it's an antibody therapy. So Herceptin and Progetta is usually given with chemotherapy. Um, okay. And because I did some research on those medications, um, I talked to the doctor and I somehow got her to agree to just give me those medications. So um, IV every three weeks for a year. And um, she agreed to, to do that and see how it goes. And um, I, I thought it went very well, you know. Wow. <laughs> so um, I did that along with changing my diet and then my mindset. Like I really had to stay positive. I had to pretty much heal my body with my mind 
and God. Like I prayed every single day um, and just really had a strong faith and had a strong will to live. So you attribute your recovery. Are, are you cancer-free right now? I am. Um, over the summer, they found some lesions in my liver. Um, but but you, you attribute your recovery, a vast majority of it, to emotional and mental healing? Is that is that what I'm hearing? A thousand percent, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and diet changes for sure. Well, there were some physical things, right? Lifestyle. Lifestyle change. Uh, diet, yeah. maybe some exercise. I would imagine. You were, yeah, yeah. But but it was more so. It was that that to me sounds like that's secondary in your mind. I mean, mm -hmm. the the food thing was important, the keto. Right. Yeah. At least for your the way your body responded, but you were able to heal with a little bit of medication, IVs every three weeks, mm -hmm. and just spiritually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard to grasp. I know. And that's the thing, like, it's crazy because you have to be mentally um, strong for that. Like, you have to not let all this other noise get into your brain because it can happen. Like, you can go downhill real quickly. Um, but I just, I told, like, your, your brain, your body listens to what your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. So I literally tell myself every day, I am healthy. I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm positive. Um, I talk to the cells in my body. I know that sounds crazy, but I literally talk to my cells and I tell them they're going to heal. You know, they're wow. they're going to um, be healthy. And You've never shared this. I mean, publicly, you've never shared this. I mean, a couple people know. I've been talking about it a little more lately, like the past couple months. But um, yeah, I've never... So as the year 2017 is going on and into 2018... You're going back for checkups routinely. Are they telling what, what's yeah. what's happening to your body? What's happening with the cancer? So for a year, I was going in every three weeks for to get an IV. I'd sit there for an hour. Um, I really didn't tell anyone. I would go by myself, um, and it's so sad too because I would sit in this room with other people getting chemotherapy, and I would try to educate them like, "You don't need that. Like, you know, you need to be healthy." And because it's it's scary what goes on in there like they're just feeding you sugar while you're hooked up to an IV um and just feeding the cancer so um so yeah I did that for a year and then um I would go and I get bone scans and um MRIs and um blood work done and um I did have a surgery I had a mastectomy so that removed the tumors okay um and then um because there were still, I, I run the risk of it coming back because they left, um, they didn't have clean margins. So there were still some cancer cells that could break loose and move anywhere throughout my body. But I just believed that they were going to stay put and they were going to, um, you know. And it never, it, it remained isolated. It never spread. It, it didn't spread anywhere in my body that they could find it. However, um, you know, this is three years later, this summer, I started, I went through a breakup and I started going out and um, just kind of reverting back to my old ways and drinking and that kind of thing. So I had a little bit of a scare. I had some lesions, but... Um, Do you attribute the lesions coming back to the unhealthy lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 1,000%. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going down, I was like in a very stressful state again. And um, I was going down a path of like partying again and um, eating unhealthy because I felt like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm 
cleared and I feel healthy and you know they can't find anything in my body so I just kind of reverted back to my old ways because it's easy to do. You do know? you do yoga? No. You don't? No. Because okay. that's so like so intense so spiritually. Yeah. For me you do a hot flow yoga class and just go deep oh my god it's yeah it's incredible but so because I'm trying to get into your psyche because that is there's <laughs> something in your psyche assuming that this is all factual or the I mean I know that this is the way you feel and yeah obviously it all lines up with your story and lines up with the way that you were sick and then you were healthy and then sick and um so what is this? What's what's going on? Uh, what's going on in the mind? Like this? What's the secret here? What's going? How are you taught? How for people that are listening and they may be going through something or going through something similar. What? How do you get to the, that place? Um, well, first of all, uh, spiritually. So my faith in God is very strong, and I know that He is the only one that can um, that can take my life. You know, when when it's my time to go, I feel like I have a purpose here. Not exactly sure what that is yet, but I feel like, you know, it's not my time to go yet. There's something that I have to complete before I leave this earth. You know, um, but when is my time? I'm I'm fine with it. Like I'm not afraid of dying at all. Really? Not at all. No. Wow. Not at all. Um, but what are you? Are you talking to yourself every morning? I know you said mm -hmm, you I do. Meditate. You talk. You meditate. You talk yeah. to the cells. Li li literally, you I talk literally to, talk to them. Yeah. Uh, give yeah. us a little insight on, on what what are these things that you do? Um, I am on a routine that I just wake up every day. The first thing I do is um, I read scripture. I read my Bible. I pray. I thank God every single day that I wake up. That I open my eyes. Thank you, God, for another day of life, and. Um, I'm really focusing on trying to make the best of every single day. And I'm not saying that it's easy, you know, but I um, I focus on today, this is how I'm going to be healthy. And I tell my body, like, you are going to um, perform your functions today and you're going to do it in health. And um, I try not to get stressed out anymore. I let things just, like, roll off. And... Um, that's really it's yeah. that's it's, it's that, that simple I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it but it's like it's just really like you know and I've never been one it's always been really hard for me to understand like addiction or depressed depression because I've been able to control those things in my mind you know and it started at a very young age I have a will to do whatever it is that I want to do um but I, I know that my mind and my body are very well connected and my spirit's very well connected. So I just talk to it. I really do just talk to wow. to every part of my body and I tell it what it's going to do with, you know. And you do this all basically internally. Mm -hmm. You're not really verbally verbalizing this with a, a psychologist or a coach or a family member. This is mostly you, just, me, myself, and I pretty yeah, much. Yeah, me, myself, and I. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and I speak it out loud because your words hold a lot of okay. power, you know, so. Um, but you'll sit there in your own quiet little solitude, quiet space, and you'll talk out loud. Yeah, yeah. Every single day. Every single day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I do a lot of research. I read a lot of books. I'm mm -hmm. not just like out here, you know, just winging it day by day. Um, you know, I, I've read books with doctors um, that 
that have seen this type of healing. Um, you know, the one of the doctors that I spoke with just a couple months ago, um, I said, I asked her, I was like, have you ever seen anyone do this the way that I have? And, you know, because they laugh every time I come in there because I don't listen to what they say, yeah, you know. Like, oh, here she is, the stubborn <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I walk in without my yeah. mask. I'm yeah. like, um, but, um, but this doctor, she was like, yeah. She's like, I've seen, I've had a few patients over the 30 years that I've been practicing that you all have the same mindset and you're very um, connected spiritually and just very strong-willed. And I mean, the the one woman that I connected with, she actually gave me her number to call her and um, she was diagnosed with the same thing 25 years ago and she's still here. I find it so <laughs> ironic and interesting that you were, prior to the diagnosis years ago, you were living, like you said, a stressful lifestyle and you were probably letting a lot of things that were not nearly, not even close to as traumatic and, and devastating as cancer, you were letting all these other little things most likely yeah. stress you out. And then when you were given the ultimate worst news of all time in your life, you kind of had a reverse mentality, it sounds like, and you're like, I'm not going to let it bother me. Right, yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Um, what do you mean, have I thought Have about? you ever thought to yourself, <laughs> I used to stress about all these other stuff, Oh, but yeah. then when I was given the ultimate, basically saying life's, you got 90 days to live, you didn't let that stress you out. Yeah, not at that's, all. Not at all. That's, and like I a, that's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> it thing. It is weird. And it's weird too, like, you know, I had my one girlfriend um, go with me to my doctor's appointments just so that she could write everything down because um, it was a lot to take in at the beginning. Um, and maybe it's because, I don't know, like... Uh, Sometimes I'm a procrastinator and, you know, I should care more about things than I do. And so that maybe played a little bit into, you know, just my personality of like, well, okay, well, we'll see, you know, when it happens, it happens. Like, um, but I knew that if I focused on this and I let it consume my life, that I, I wouldn't have a, an experience, um, that I could control, if that makes sense. You know, I wanted to be able to control my experience. So, for example, like they told me when um, I got diagnosed, like you're never going to be able to have kids again. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be. I mean, there were so many things they said that I couldn't do, and I'm just like, who are you to tell me that I can't do it? You know. So um, I went and like froze my a. I did. I did everything that they said that I couldn't do. Sure. You know. Wow. Because I wasn't going to let someone control um, or tell me or speak that over me, you know, what I was going to do with my life. And even the doctor, when he told me, um, you know, you have three months to live or you have whatever it was, I said, I started laughing and I was like, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but like, you're not going to put a time limit on my life and neither is cancer. Only God knows when my last breath is going to be. So... And I was like, well, if I got three months to live, I got to go because I got shit to do. <laughs> he was so mad. He was so mad that I said He's like that. this defiant piece of work yeah. over here. What are we going to do with her? Yeah. My so. God. But is, is this the same doctor that you still see to this day? Uh, no. Okay. No, no, no. No. The doctor that originally um, was my oncologist, she retired. 
So the new one that you know took over, he yeah. I just would love to know what a doctor thinks when they tell somebody they've got three months to live, and here they are three years later. They didn't do any of the things that the doctor suggested, and the cancer's essentially. I mean, yeah. You know, you know it's so funny. I've I've actually through this journey have come across so many people who have done the same thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I really think it's a mindset. I really think it's a mindset. If you get diagnosed with something and then all of a sudden, like, your natural reaction is, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. I only have three months to live. Like, your body starts listening to that, you know. So if you think, oh, or if you get diagnosed and it's like, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with it, you know, I think your body reacts differently. That's incredible. So back to full circle, you 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 love this this healthy lifestyle I is it. truly the only way that you really ensure that you're not going to be um, infiltrated by this vicious disease. Yeah, you have to remain healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Yes, and they all have to be connected. It sounds like yes, yeah, yeah. So my goal in life right now is really to share this experience and um, you know share how important it is to lead a healthy lifestyle you know I mean what does that mean for you for me it's it's really educating people on um you know food choices I mean food is really medicine and um you know what you put every single little thing that you put in your body is like a code it decides you know if it's going to nourish your body or if it's going to destroy your body you know and there's so many like things out there that we think are good for us and it really isn't and then when you put stuff into your body um your state of mind also affects how your your food works if that makes sense so if i were to eat a piece of cake in a happy state of mind um it would affect my body differently than if i were depressed and eating that same piece of cake Uh. yeah so it's so for example, <laughs> that's that's interesting actually. Yeah. So if you're in a good state and you're eating a piece of cake, what is that going to do to your body in a good state of mind? I don't What's know. What's an exactly. example? What's an example? Like I if mean, in, a, in a bad state of mind, if you eat that piece of cake, what is it going to do? Maybe it's going to affect your gut, attack yeah. your, attack your gut yeah. differently. Yes, it's gonna it's going to your nutrients are going to be absorbed differently. Um, it will like if if you have inflammation all over your body and then you're feeding it sugar um you know that's gonna that all attributes to you know whether it's going to be um nutritional or if it's gonna destroy your body so yeah it's uh, interesting yeah it goes all back to the mind the brain the most powerful muscle in the body by a million percent i mean there's not even a close second yeah. It really, it all comes down to the mind. So food, food's important. Your lifestyle's been predominantly keto. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, after the diagnosis, yeah, it's been keto. Um, I really watch what I eat now. Um, you know, of course, I love to eat garbage food sometimes. You know, I, I treat myself sometimes. Um, and it's hard because once you get on that path of eating garbage, it's it's really hard it to pull is. yourself it's back out of it. It's a domino effect. Yeah. Like that one bag of chips leads to something else. Yeah, uh-huh. it's tough. It's tough. Um, but once you start um, and you change your lifestyle and you change your eating habits, it 
it, it does the opposite. Like if you have that garbage food or that piece of cake, it's like, oh, you really don't crave it the way that you did before when you're accustomed to eating like that. Sure, you know? sure. So, okay, food is clearly, in your opinion, number one. Like number, that's, it is so important. In terms of the physical stuff that you do with your body, food is number one. It really is. And, you know, I never knew the importance of that. And I'm trying to teach my children that because, you know, when I was a kid, honestly, I grew up on McDonald's and like Dr. Pepper. Like yeah. that's all I yeah, ate was. We must have had the same parents. <laughs> you know, because I don't, I don't think my parents were educated on, on food choices. And um, all that sugar that I was feeding, like I literally drank like, I don't know, maybe like four or five Dr. Peppers a day. I was like, just talking about this with my girlfriend last night. She's like, what's your favorite pop? I go, I don't drink pop. I don't even know. And But, you know, well, give me your top. I was like, I, I've got three, and Dr. Pepper was one of them. <laughs> orange, show, orange Crush, uh-huh. Dr. Pepper, and Mountain Dew. Oh, mine was Cherry Coke. Cherry Coke, yeah, too. Cherry I forgot Coke. about Cherry Coke. It was so good. Yes. Um, I guess I needed four. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's the thing. We don't even, I mean, I don't drink Diet Coke, let alone regular. Yeah. Any kind of soda. Yeah, no. It's so bad for you. Yeah, I can't even tell you the last time I had a soda. So the food is clearly yeah. at the top. And then what else? Obviously fitness, exercise. It's really important to get some exercise, yeah, because um, that keeps everything in your body strong. Um, what I've learned over the past year is um, gut health. Like that's the number one thing is I've your gut that health. As well. That is where your immune system starts. It's like the know. brain. It's the second brain. yeah. Yeah, so I'm lear- I'm still learning all of this stuff. Like I'm I'm not an expert on it, but I've been reading a ton of books um, and listening to podcasts and you know just educating myself as much as possible. Um, so I'm enrolling into a um, nutrition course so that I can understand even more, and that way I can help educate people as well. So, and then the third thing, of course, are the fizzy sticks from Arbonne. Yeah, the, <laughs> the or whatever you definitely, call. those definitely, um, yeah, they play a big role in, in my life just because um, the energy, like, you know, there's so many things that we can get our energy from and being able to get really good, clean energy from the fistics is important because I love like coffee, you know, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and that is like one of the worst things because of how bad it is. It, the chemicals that are on it, it's like the number one um, chemically treated crop. So <laughs> it's so bad for you, and I love it. And then we put like dairy in it, so that oh, causes more inflammation. Kills dairy kills me. <laughs> yeah. So. If you want me to just shut down and stop talking? Give me some dairy. <laughs> it's getting worse by the day. It's crazy. My gut, it's it goes right to it. Yeah, it's all of a sudden I can't enjoy ice cream anymore. No, it's It's terrible. It's so bad for you. There's so many good like non-dairy options out there. You just have to play around and see what it is that you like. There's brands that are better than others, but um, and then what about vitamins and supplements? I take a lot of supplements, yeah, a lot of them. Um, Like what? What what are some of that you're? So the main one that I take is turkey tail. It's a mushroom. So I take turkey tail and then I take um, curcumin. That's a big mm-hmm. one as well. Um, I started taking a lot of vitamin C. Um, I do B12 injections regularly. Um, I take ashwagandha. That's an important one. Um, golden black seed oil. I mean, I have a whole list of things that I take, you know. Um, 
Yeah, vitamin D's vitamin obviously D. good. Yeah, um, vitamin D is really big. Zinc is good for you. I take zinc. Yeah, yeah. I take all. Like I, I you gotta literally... be proactive, right? This has to be an everyday yeah. thing. Yeah. This is proactive. Yeah, and I, I don't think people realize that you know we don't get all of our vitamins and nutrients from our food because most people don't eat a wide variety of food. Um, so it's important to make sure that you have these supplements and these vitamins in your everyday. Um, yeah, part of your everyday, everyday routine. diet routine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's one thing I, I really found with the Arbon. Um, I know everyone sees that I do this green drink every day. Um, so I do the green drink with the fizz stick and a digestion, and that's what really um, helps. Keeps you nice and lean, lean and mean over here. Yeah, that's where I get <laughs> that's where I get all of my nutrients from. So that's awesome. yeah, every that's day. really incredible. You mentioned before before we finish up here, uh, you're not afraid of dying. No. Which to me is astonishing because that's one of my top fears. So it's amazing how two people could be so, you know, different. And again, back to the way we think, feel, the brains. Um, so my question for you is what is your biggest fear? That's so funny because I was thinking about that today. Um, honestly, it, my fear is not dying. My fear is. If I did die, um, I I just want to make sure that my kids are taken care of. You know, thankfully they have an amazing dad and I have a, an amazing family. But you know, my values and what I believe, um, you know, I just want to make sure that that is instilled in them. So and your biggest fear would be potentially that not you necessarily not being here. If you knew that they would be taken care of, fine. Then you would. That's then I, it. Then, yeah. So your biggest fear is them not being taken care of to the level that you want them to be. Yeah. God forbid you weren't here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It used to be flying. I used to, my biggest fear was flying. But not <laughs> but dying. I've gotten, I know, but I've gotten over <laughs> flying. But know? what's the only thing bad that can happen flying is the plane crashes. What else can, right? Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. What's the other, like, what what bad can come out of uh, uh, flying? Yeah. Right? And, and then it led back to... The only reason why I was afraid of flying is because if I died, who's going to take care of my kids? You know, there it so, is. Yeah, but there that's it. it. That's okay. really my. I can't. I couldn't sit here and tell you that I'm afraid of anything. And maybe it's because of this, you know, whole ordeal with the cancer that I went through that everything just seems so like minute anymore yeah you know yeah. it doesn't really, it put life into perspective it really did you. that's what it sounds like yeah it really did what a crazy story yeah. and i hope that you I, have you thought about ever starting maybe a, a women's help group or networking for people that are going through this yeah i did think about it um and and i'm starting more and more to think that you know remember at the beginning i said i have a purpose, purpose. um i i'm starting to feel like this is it to get people to you know i'm not saying that you know everyone should not listen to their doctor and not go get chemo and not get radiation that kind of thing but i urge people to question things you know and to be a free thinker and to do research that's outside of the box okay because you have to remember that this stuff is a business too, okay? And I was on that side of it. I was in the pharmaceutical world for a long time. And I see, you know, both sides. So really I think my purpose is to help people to to live the healthiest life that they can physically, emotionally, spiritually, and to 
be an advocate for themselves, you know, because no one else is going to do it but you. That's it. That's beautiful. Well, it sounds like you might be onto something. <laughs> you might be onto that so. <laughs> purpose uh, because things happen to people. There are a lot of bad things happen to, to good people. And a lot of times you often find that when those things happen and they overcome them, they end up using that to help all these other people yeah. who may otherwise have no help. Yeah. And if you could save a person's life, I mean, could you imagine the, the impact? Yeah, or at least give hope, you know? Sure. Give hope, I think that's a big thing. Give hope, give clarity, give a different perspective. Yeah, I'm not mad that this happened to me. I'm not mad. I I know that. That's that's very apparent. It's, um, I'm actually grateful for it, as weird as that sounds. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful because it changed everything for me. But this is the way that it was supposed to happen, so I just trust God in that. Continued health, continued success with everything. And uh, hopefully this weekend, I'm out of town, but... Um, I also would be there. Well, you can donate online. <laughs> I will be happy to donate. I will be yeah, happy. You'll just let me know where, and, and uh, we'll link it up here. Cool, yeah. In, in the show notes. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks Thank for you. being so raw and open, sharing this powerful story, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll touch some lives on this one. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tony.